We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN. Featuring No Other Pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright. And Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it. What's going on, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I am Jimmy, along with my good buddy Dan. And Dan, second week in a row, we got an MLS victory pod here to talk about. Uh, Life is weird like that sometimes, my man. Uh, (laughs) Don't know what to think, but here we are, and we're we're feeling good, and we're gonna we're gonna swim in it. We're gonna swim in this feeling for as long as we can. Yeah, that was uh, this game against Minnesota, probably the best game that Sporting KC has put together as as a complete game throughout the entire in a, year. In a long time. In a long time, so lots yeah. to talk about there. We do technically have this Houston game to talk about that I don't really want to talk remember. about, but <laughs> what, what what is the U.S. Open Cup? I don't know. What? I don't think it's real. No, it's uh, a side. It's a, yeah, that's an, it's an amateur thing. No. <laughs> But uh, so we will talk about that for for a little bit before we get into the the Minnesota game and the huge week coming up, the Heartland Derby, as it is apparently being called by one side at least. So <laughs> one yeah. side, St. Yeah. Louis is like, oh, we're just we're just calling it whatever you want now. Okay, yeah, I got a little I got a little info on that that uh, St. Louis wasn't in on the Heartland Derby name. So yeah, I know we'll see. St. But, Louis uh, was like. We'll wait to see what the fans call it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have an idea for what the derby should be called, and it's not barbecue, but we can get to that a little bit later. I, I have an idea that I'm, you oh. know, I'm, I'm not not to hype it up too much, but I was like, oh, okay, would have been kind of cool. But well, you are we'll gonna see. hype it when you say you're gonna talk about it later. Everyone's well, gonna be like, oh my gosh, I need to fast forward. That's so exciting. <laughs> I figure when we talk about this, the St. Louis game after the, the upcoming LAFC game, maybe we'll get to it then. But. uh <laughs> Barf. Yeah, it's it's. There's a lot to talk about this episode. Um, but yeah, how are games you doing, are coming friend? hot and heavy now, man. Games are coming hot and heavy. You know, I'm fine. I I, I hated to miss the game in person on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but I did watch it on Sunday in its entirety, mm-hmm. and uh, treated it just as if it was live. Like I was so just yelling at the TV, and I'm like, okay, relax. It's recorded. You you know what happens. You know the outcome. Yeah. You know what minutes the goals come. Yeah. Just calm down. Because <laughs> you had me text you updates yeah. about the game. So as the goals were coming, I was I was sending you messages, which you and I are different that way because when I can't yes. watch the game, I'm always like text Dan ahead of time. I'll put in the in the, in the Slack channel. Can't, can't watch the game. I'm going to record it. Try, try to avoid spoilers. I had and... four people texting me <laughs> about the game. Uh, it, it was nice, but I was in a in a place where I didn't really get service. So they all kind of came in like six at a time. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that explains why I was getting the green bubbles when I was trying to text you. No shit. Okay, yeah, there you the go. Dread, dreaded green bubble text. But gotcha. It was uh, it was a fun game. Definitely a, a better environment than the last time we were in Children's Mercy Park. That's for sure, because there were no chance calling for Peter Vermees' job. Uh, but first, if you haven't left us that five star rating and review. 
go ahead and do so. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we'll read it on there if we get more. So thank you all to uh, to those of you who have done it. Um, let's start as much as we don't want to, just briefly touching on this U.S. Open Cup game that did happen, whether we want to remember it or not, uh, last Wednesday night. And I don't remember, were you watching this one live or was this one you had to kind of catch up on? Because it, it was one that I, I watched, but it was not the most fun. No, I watched it live because I texted you when the red card happened and I said, well, only us could not squeak out a win out of this. So let's see what happens. And you're like, let's see. Yeah, (laughs) it was, uh, you know, and I saw some comments after this game. Of course, we all know Sporting KC lost 1-0 down on the road in Houston. I saw some comments after this game that were like, we have course Sporting KC, you know, not creating any chances. Can't do this game actually wasn't a case of there weren't any chances created. There were plenty of chances created. Oh, a ton of chances. There were wide so open many. goals that Steven Afrifa had right in front of goal that could have been his first career goal for Sporting KC. He and, could have uh, been a hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, welcome to KC, baby. And he just didn't do it. Didn't get it done. No. there Too was Too much pressure. Too many options for Sporting KC to, uh, to score, and, and they just couldn't put one in the back of the net. We continuously were hitting the ball over the crossbar, just not getting it on frame. Uh, it was it was really really frustrating. We outshot Houston seventeen to two on the yeah. night. <laughs> four of those were on goal, but there should have been probably another four or five at least on target. They just couldn't get them on target. The, the biggest one being the Afrifa uh, sort of Wando skied it the way that Wando did back in uh, the World Cup. Uh, 67% possession for Sporting Kansas City to 33. Uh, I didn't end up seeing at the end uh, an expected goals like final tally, but at one point I think it was Chad Smith put out that Sporting KC had nearly 2 XG and Houston had .07. So this was not a matter of Sporting Kansas City not creating chances. This was a matter of Sporting Kansas City not finishing chances. And, I mean, you look at the lineup that we put out and it was a weird mix of people roger espinoza was playing left back it was dude it was weird and i i'm, I'm kind of convinced that if we don't have a similar lineup to what we had in minnesota and to what we had in seattle then we're not good and that sucks i i'm, I'm kind of convinced that we can't get the job done unless mm-hmm. certain pieces are there mm-hmm. unless keen is on the field in some way sometime uh which god i hate saying one player changes everything but damn it if he doesn't help us out a lot. Yeah, it is um it is weird that Sporting Kansas City is so reliant when uh on basically one solid first choice 11. I mean, there's a little bit of wiggle room there, but I think that has been part of the criticism of Peter Vermees this year and and it's it kind of cuts two ways like okay well yes if you are missing a significant number or all of your designated players obviously you're not going to be great but I think there's there's sort of a pretty big drop off from like the the first 11 maybe 12 or 13 players and then there's a a kind of a gap and then the rest of the players because you look at who's on the bench sometimes and uh, there's just not a lot of firepower to to bring in and 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 that's uh something that we'll see maybe that's attempted to be addressed here in the summer window coming up they bring in a a little depth Uh, we do not have the u.s open cup to worry about anymore obviously because uh it was in the 12th minute really out of nowhere i'm gonna butcher his name thor ulfarsen kind of just got a shot on goal from distance that got past pulse camp and even though chase gasper was called for a, a red card dogsville penalty just outside the box in the 35th minute as you mentioned sporting kansas city could not capitalize for the next 65 minutes and change and, and that's that listen marino's chinese was very dangerous i mm-hmm. was like yo they cannot touch this man mm-hmm. they can't catch him and for that guy to foul him it now the fact that we couldn't capitalize on being up a man for like 60 minutes mm-hmm. that foul looks like the smartest thing in the world yeah. That man is in the locker room or wherever. Maybe he went home or something and he's watching the rest of the game. It ends and he's like, it's a pretty smart red card on my end. He'll take he's it. He's got to feel great. Yeah. I mean, Johnny's, like you said, down that right side. And, and it's unusual he's on the right side. A lot of times he's on the left side. I mean, he was 
getting around Gasper and, and Smith. They kind of were playing a, a three-five-two, so there was Brad Smith kind of playing that wing back left side uh, alongside Gasper. Janis uh, was getting around them for the first half, at least, pretty easily. He was much more quiet in the second half. I'm not sure what really was going on. Of course, Gadi Kinda came out, so maybe that was part of it. Is there was a little bit less there, but uh, I mean. Part of me wants to be bummed about this game because it's like it was there for the taking. This there. should have been a 3-1 victory. It should have been a 3-0 victory probably. That that shot shouldn't have gone in for Houston. Both but... teams rotated lineups. Mm-hmm. Like it was pretty evenly matched, but we were on the front foot the whole freaking time. Yeah. God, this dude. not a close game in terms of um, performance on the field. Sporting but Kansas they City. It in. They they they, they mm-hmm. barreled in and they're like try go ahead and try to get around us like and it's that's hard. It is hard and 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 that's the bummer. As soon as they got that first goal, it's already kind of tough to play in Houston. And Ben Olsen, the coach down there, is kind of Benny Ball as they call it, which it's, it's this annoying style. Pack it in, steal a goal, and then just kind of park the bus and and wait it out and play an ugly game and this game perfectly encapsulated Benny ball. And yeah, it's just a bummer that, you know, you could maybe quibble with some of, of the decisions, but um, I don't think I, and again, I'm not trying to be a Peter Vermees apologist. I don't actually have any problem with the way Peter Vermees handled this game. And I don't think that the loss was on any sort of like tactical or strategic decision Peter made. I think this one truly simply was a case of, players weren't executing so it's uh it's a bummer and it kind of sucks that that's the way it went but it is what it is and uh there's not much that you can do um there was a funny moment in the game when shelton had sort of a a one-on-one uh, moment where he probably should have scored and he didn't. And uh, the, the commentator goes, Shelton, post, right? he can't. Yeah. It went off the post and Shelton, he can't finish. And I just heard the collective sigh of sporting Kansas city fans all being like, yes, we know. Terrible man. Terrible. <laughs> and, and you know, you got Zussi back in there putting in dangerous balls mm-hmm. and it's like, yes, dude, cla- that's classic Zussi. You mm-hmm. know, that's amazing. But uh Fuck, I just, uh, Remy Voltaire was dangerous. Nemanja Rodoya was back in the lineup mm-hmm. doing things. Uh, it just had everything. I don't know, man. I am sad. I know you want to, you're saying maybe let's, you know, throw it away. But like, oh, this game, this Open Cup game was there. And we mm-hmm. could have potentially had another one at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's it, We can't get it done unless we have that first choice 11, give or take one or two people. Mm-hmm. Are inter- interchangeable in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm kind of convinced we're only good if Gadi Kinda's around. <laughs> I don't know. Gadi Kinda certainly has seemingly unlocked something new in the midfield. Now I think Alan Polito is getting more fit and is more comfortable dropping back into the midfield and is unlocking spaces for the midfielders and the wingers to run in the box. And Peter Vermees told me I had a good observation after the Minnesota game. I certainly wasn't the only one who had this observation. There were many people who have noticed a change in where Eric Tommy's lining up on the field. But uh, He made you feel good, did he? he well, he, he didn't divulge any information. He's like, for tactical reasons, I'm not going to answer that question. But good observation. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, all right. Thanks, best so, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Gotti Kingdom, man, I think if nothing else, when he is on the field, and especially when he's on the field with Eric Tommy, just gives another truly creative attacking piece that plays off of instinct and it's good instinct where he doesn't have to sit there and analyze the situation to death and and delay the next pass or delay the next shot or the next dribble because so much of this team in the first 10, 11 games and even the open cup outside of Tulsa has been, they just seem like they're like, it's they're paralyzed and they don't know what to do. And it's either slow or they wait too long and, and then try to make the decision or they try to do it all themselves. And Keen is just out there based on instinct, just playing. So, you, you know, you mentioned the Tulsa game, quick side note. Uh, I have a couple, couple friends. Uh, well, they're friends of my dad's, but I've met them and they go, I think they sit up in like the box, the suite area. Mm-hmm. And I think they have suites. And I'm like, well, that's 
pretty freaking cool. You want to, you want to hang out, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they've, uh, they were like up there with the Tulsa, like owners and fa- yeah. staff, you know, technical crew and whatever. And they were just smiling the whole time. They were just happy to be there. Like they oh, yeah. really were. They it were. was a field trip for them. They talked about how like, yeah, we got the big bus to come up here. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they, they even said like their full team budget to like pay people is like 40 some thousand dollars. Yeah. It's not, which is, I, you know, didn't, didn't we hear that? Like the, the owner cuts the grass of the yeah. fields or some shit. Well, and after the game, they actually, I think got booted off of their field that they normally play on. Cause it didn't even meet like NPSL standards and they were trying to fight it. So like, they didn't even have a field really to play on at home anymore. What an insane, like little Cinderella story. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I know we whooped their ass, but like, just to be happy to be there and playing in that environment, like really yeah. cool for those people. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So our U.S. Open Cup journey, similar to Tulsa's now, is over. It is what it is. So we focus on MLS play. There will be another competition, the League's Cup, later that will play Chivas. In, in I don't even remember who else is in our little barf, group. Barf, bro. Total but... barf. Yeah, let's go to <laughs> let's go to a 9 o'clock central game at home. Yeah, like, how does great. that make sense? It's not great. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Minnesota game. But first, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, y'all. We are back here. So we're going to talk about the the main thing y'all want to talk about, the the 3-0 win against Minnesota. Uh, Although, I do want to highlight, before we talk about that game, we did get an email uh, from uh, a listener named Mark uh, Schliebusch. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Mark. Uh, it, It is an email that we got on Thursday. So this was after the Houston game and before the Minnesota game. So just to put you in perspective, like sort of we just came off a a frustrating loss. Mm -hmm. The Seattle game had happened, so kind of mixed emotions. We have this Minnesota game coming up. Uh, Here he goes, nice win at Seattle. Pleasantly surprised they won. And I could rub it in the face of colleagues that are from, that is a, I could rub it in the face of a colleague that is a Sounders season ticket holder. So there's always that. And he goes, I always thought that uh, Voltaire was better as a defensive mid. However, without Kinda, Tommy, and Polito on the pitch at the same time, SKC are mediocre at best. See, the Houston match were even up a man for the majority of the match they could not score. The DPs definitely made an impact at Seattle and made SKC much more dynamic. We saw the previous matches, what happens without them. Hopefully, the DPs remain healthy. They will need rest, though. And when, if they are not out there, I fear SKC will drop points. Not enough depth at those positions. Uh, no response from the front office is kind of telling. Maybe they think a win will silence the critics. Keep up the nice work on the pod, lads. Mark. Well, Mark, thank you, brother. I, I tell you, though, uh, why would we not bring... Uh, I understand giving your big players time off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You put in work, you're doing, the, you're doing the things, making the moves. But, like, dude, can you imagine if we brought our big guns to Houston and didn't start them? but you just got them sitting over there at the bench, just licking their lips, ready to go and coming in in like the 80th minute to get fired up, dude, for Johnny to split a couple defenders. It's just, I don't know why that can't happen. 
my guess is it's a case of like you just had like he decided after the Seattle win, like, okay, if we're gonna turn this around, we gotta make some moves here in MLS. And maybe Peter was like, I'm not even gonna bring him and risk it. I'm not gonna tempt myself because yeah, he could have brought Johnny in, but it was Houston, it had been sure. rainy, it was hot, and if one of them did their ACL or whatnot in the last 10 minutes of an open cup game, that is the rest of the season gone. Okay, so then that shows that our coach does not value U.S. Open Cup. At least this year, and, probably for right. sure. Essentially, I mean, it's yeah. not, you You can't confidently say we're going to go after every trophy or whatever, like he always says. Mm-hmm. But he, he cut off Daniel Sperry in one of the interviews. Uh, I think after, <laughs> after the, well, he usually does. But I think after the game, I think Daniel asked him about uh, like the rotated lineup and Peter just goes, that's not what it is. That's not. You know, he wanted to give those guys their flowers and make make them look like they're professionals. And we all know, we know the the yeah. gap in quality there, man. Right. Or they would play all the time. Like, right. what are you talking about? That that is a funny thing, coach speak thing. Or uh, I don't know if it's just the the machismo and and of yeah. coaches or the pride of coaches and players, or whatnot. But like, it's okay to admit that, like, yeah, we rotated because it's a long yeah. season, a lot of games. We can't play the same eleven people every single game. Don't tell us that this is Ethan Bryant and this is Gotti Kinda. Like, right? You're you're not the same person, right? And and we know that. So don't don't pee on our shoe and tell us it's raining. All right, we we right. get it. I did I did feel a little bad for Sperry when he was asking the question after the Minnesota game, and he was like, "It's getting closer." And Peter was like, "Closer? Like, did you watch the game out there? It's three zero. Like, what do you mean closer? What do you um, mean it was getting closer? What's that mean? Like he was like, I forget the exact phrasing uh, uh, of, of the wording, but he was like, 3-0, obviously uh, the attack is doing better and getting closer. Um, and, and Peter was like, closer? Yeah, getting better. Like we but, whooped yeah. him. Um, but three, three different goals from three different Ooh. lines on the field. And defender, man, midfielder, forward all scored a goal. Each of those goals beautiful in their own way. Uh, let's let's talk about this game because you sure. look at you look at this lineup, and outside of you know Jake Davis being right back, I, you know let's have a Jake Davis appreciation well, podcast for a minute. Sure, the Every, man, Jake I, Davis does deserve his flowers. When you're ready to have another interview on this podcast, I I don't know why I put it all on you. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I'm, I'm waiting for you to have some time, right? When you're ready to have someone on here, Jake Davis probably needs to come on here and open up to us a little bit. Jake would be great. We can try um, to make that happen. You know, I know he's a little younger and probably a little more composed, but it's like, I'll unzip him. I'll get him. I'll unlock no. him a little bit. Phrasing. So. <laughs> Don't, not phrasing, bro. <laughs> unzip. You never heard the term unzip? You ever go to therapy and you start crying? Well, th- your therapist unzipped you. I'm crying therapy all the time, so... I, I cry in therapy and I cry in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So, oh my goodness. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. That fucking, there was a lady when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know how old this woman was, but I just out of nowhere, I just hear. Yeah, this is very mo- spoiler Bro, free, very emotional. Audible. movie. It is emotional. And I had like a tear, but like I wasn't sobbing audibly. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't was, sobbing audibly, but there was, was more wild. than a couple tears that were falling. You were like, um, I'm not okay. <laughs> Jake Davis, you know, what I was going to say is he, of the 11 that were out there on the field, he's he's the one that you look at, they're like, okay, he's definitely probably not the first choice person at, at right back, although he's continuing to get better every game, uh, maybe in the future. But I, I don't think anybody, well, that's not true. There would be a segment of the audio, of the listing base that would be like, yeah, Jake Davis should start over Graham Zussi. But We'll see. This my point is this eleven that we put out: Shallowy, Polito, Russell on the front line, Voltaire, Rodoya, Eric, Tommy. Very strong midfield. And Denbe, Fontes, Rosero, Davis, and Melia. I mean, that's about the closest thing to the first choice eleven as we've had this entire year. That's a well, that's pretty how, strong lineup. That's what it has to be. Like, and if mm-hmm. it's not that, then we should be worried. Mm-hmm. And it's not realistic to think that one of those won't get injured at some point in time. But right. that's the lineup. That's what it has to be to get results. And I'm convinced that's a strong freaking team, dude. And it, it looks is. like they're having fun. And mm-hmm. didn't Johnny Russell say they went on some sort of little player retreat before Seattle to get yeah. their mind right? Like, what'd they do? Go to Top Golf or some shit? <laughs> Daniel Daniel was actually the one who mentioned it first. He was the one who kind of mentioned that uh, they did. He called it like a player's retreat. 
Um, we had a little team retreat before the Seattle game, and I think that helped us a lot. I'm not going to say we're going to win all of our games from now on because go? we can lose next week and everything can still be good. But I think so far it's been really good. And as you can see, the chemistry is good. So You're he like, kind of, yeah, we, we went to Jose Peppers. It was great. <laughs> um, Johnny didn't elaborate. He, he, he made it sound like it was a one day thing. Cause when he, Johnny was asked about it, he was like, yeah, on Tuesday we had the players get together and I forget exactly how he said it. I'd have to go back and listen, but it was something along, along the lines of some truths were spoken and we talked about a lot of things. And then we came out of that feeling like we were in a pretty good place. So they so. didn't say where they went. So strip club. No, I don't think it was probably that. I'm, if, but you want, if you can't tell us, then maybe <laughs> hey, maybe it was. And there's nothing just, wrong with that. That'll get your mind right. I think it was, you know, you hear about these occasionally in sports, like players only meeting where it's like, because the coaches can only do so much. And that, at a certain point, it's like players kind of got to take it upon themselves to, to figure it out. Like you get paid to do this. Do you want to be here? Do you want to do this or not? And it was interesting the way Johnny kind of said, like, yeah, we, we talked about some honest truths or, or however he phrased it. I think they probably had some opus, open and honest conversations about, you know, level of effort and where they were and who was doing what and, and whatnot. And, you know, I'm like Daniel said, I'm not going to sit here and say that players meeting fixed the team, but clearly the Seattle game, something. they looked better. And this game, they looked like they were having a hell of a lot of fun. So listen, I thought Seattle was a fluke. Uh, I really did. I was like, okay, let's see what happens, you know, next time. Um, we can't sit here and say everything's good to go after this no, game. Like that's my first thoughts. I'm not like, boom, we're back, baby. Uh, because Minnesota's struggling. Minnesota has not won a game for a bit. Um, you know, they they started out strong and then they've mm-hmm. kind of had a little drop off in quality. So uh, I'll be interested to see how it goes against St. Louis next week or LAFC midweek. LAFC on Wednesday. Uh, I see. I'm overlooking that one because I don't know if you guys know LAFC. They good. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're pretty good uh yeah it was uh it was an interesting game and i think the biggest thing for skc in this game because if if minnesota would have scored first obviously minnesota didn't score at all but let's say minnesota scores first or minnesota scores early can you imagine the energy and the air that would have been sucked out of children's mercy park it would have yep. destroyed the entire mood but instead ninth minute danny rosero his first goal for sporting kansas city off of a corner kick, Daniel Shallowy taking set pieces. He sends it into the box. Danny Rosero skies above the Minnesota defender, gets his head to it, puts it in the bottom uh, left corner just about perfectly. I mean, if St. Clair saw it a little better, maybe he could have stopped it. But Rosero, he's kind of that target man that we've been waiting for as a center back on set pieces. And this is the first time it's delivered. And you couldn't have asked for a better start. First 10 minutes, Sporting Kansas City goes up great listen i got to have a moment of kustradamus uh buddy <laughs> it's been a while as i'm watching this apple tv puts a stat in the corner and says sporting has had this many corners since they've scored off a corner kick mm-hmm. then the announcers mention it and said they've had a lot of corner kicks but they just can't get it get it scored and i looked at the clock and i was like oh shit this is when they score because I, I knew when a header was coming. And yeah. sure enough, I was like, dude, you can't write that. Like, they're they're counting you out. Oh, they're bad at corners. And it's like, yeah. nah, man, it was time. And yeah. Danny Rosero didn't need to, like, he barely got it on his, like, he kind of faced it. Kind of was his face, yeah. Yeah, but it didn't matter. Uh, You know, as long as you get a, dude, I've been in those positions. I've scored headers. And I'm like, I don't know how that happened. I just got a head on it. That's the biggest thing that I've been just, pounding the table about with this team up until you know for this entire first 10 11 12 games of the season whether it's corners whether it's headers or shots or whatnot just get the ball on target put the ball on frame and see what happens because so often in the first 10 games of the year they were too hesitant to take a shot they didn't make the right pass they'd get a free header and they'd get it over the box you can't score if you don't put the ball on target if you put the ball on target you don't know what's going to happen yeah they might save it. You might score. Or it could be deflected and then the ball's going around the box and there's some chaos and then you get it off the rebound. Get it on target and see what happens. And Sporting Kansas City uh, against Seattle and against Minnesota, they're getting balls on target more. And they had multiple runners into the box attacking up the middle of the field. That was not something we were seeing done in the first 10 games of this year. And it's a sight yeah. to behold. 
It so, was. It was to behold. 22nd minute, just a little bit later. Again, uh, this this goal, this goal is my, my favorite goal of the year so far. And it's one of my most favorite goals I've seen Sporting Kansas City score in a few years, honestly. Uh, it's in Denbe who passes the ball to Alan Polito at the midfield line. And I had, I had said during the game that Polito's ability, and I said it to start this podcast, his ability to drop into the midfield unlocks so much space and so many passing lanes for other midfielders or wingers to, to run into because you have center back stepping up with sort of a hybrid 9-10 style player. When you have a, a, a striker who can come all the way back to the midfield line receive the ball the way Polito did and then turn and, and just create 30, 40 yards of space where then he perfectly just does this little chip pass to Remy Voltaire because the defenders step up thinking that Polito is going to take the shot. And then Remy Voltaire, I assume he saw Daniel Shallowy out of the left eye, but this little perfectly weighted back heel, Shallowy takes it first time, first time, does not try to touch it around a defender, first yeah. time into the side netting. This goal was absolutely gorgeous. And I don't know if you saw on TV, that ball hits the back of the net. And Johnny, he's like William Wallace all of a sudden yelling freedom at the at the south stand. He's got his legs spread and his arms are out. And he's just screaming as loud as he can. It was so much fun. Yes. And uh, dude, Daniel likes to shoot from that angle as well. He does. Because, uh, you know, a goalkeeper's not always expecting it to come at you that hard. But he, he finds the freaking the alley to just fit it in there and curl it in that, that back netting. It's just, dude, first off though, we have scored four times before mm -hmm. the 12th minute this season. Mm -hmm. um, that's interesting for a team that has a losing record. Uh, you would think like, wow, we like to score early, you know, here we go. But I don't know. I, I just, I'm trying to stay hopeful, dude. I'm trying to stay optimistic on things, but like, this is a very exciting game to talk about right now. It is. And if you look at, I'm looking at the screenshot right now on my computer. It's after the back heel pass, the moment that Daniel Shallowy is about to shoot. I talked about their runners in the box now. I am counting five Sporting Kansas City players in the box. And we used three to have zero. Them, three of them are wide open and perfectly spaced at different parts of the field because you have Alan Polito on the six yard line, right at about the midpoint of the goal. You have Johnny Russell at the six yard line, getting ready to crash the back post in case Shallowy sends it there. And you have Eric Tommy behind them at about the penalty spot. And all the defenders are crashing toward Daniel Shallowy on the left side. So you have three offensive players wide open on one side at sort of run this like triangle offense, if you will, of three different spots. So even if Shallowy shoots the ball and it gets punched away by St. Clair or Shallowy decides to cross it, there are people in space and options. And this is what you were not seeing before. And it all started with Alan Polito coming back to the midfield, turning the defender and then springing himself for 40 yards of free run space. It also kind of feels like a Minnesota problem too. Like uh, some of this stuff seemed a little too easy. Sure. And I'm like, Minnesota, get your, get your shit together, man. Adrian Heath, what you doing, man? Moments after the second goal was probably the biggest moment of the game. Tim Melia gets called for a penalty who, and, and I kind of agree with Tim. I said this at the time. I was like, I don't, I don't know that that was actually a penalty. What? Um, I mean, he gets him. He, he, he touches him. He doesn't get the ball. Yeah, but I just, he probably didn't need to go down the way he did, but this is what Tim said after the game. He goes, I want to see the penalty again. It's difficult when you're moving fast and the player is going to see themselves in a poor position and that kind of put their body in between you. I'm not sure what you're supposed to do from the goalkeeper side. Like the, the, the ball is clearly going out of bounds. There was no reasonable way to play the ball back toward the goal. It was already off to the side really? and, 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 Tim probably didn't need to go down the way he did. I haven't watched it close myself, but my gut reaction when I saw it was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. It felt like it was just rewarding poor uh, poor play on the side of, of Minnesota. It didn't matter because Tim was yeah. like, well, I, f I fucked up. Let me fix my mistake real fast. Uh, with one of the worst penalty kicks I think I've ever seen. Taken. Who is that man? He's new, right? To the Same league. Bin. Yeah. And what's hilarious, I was not watching MLS 360, obviously, because I was on 
uh, or in the press box at the game, but I was, I was texting with a friend and they were like, they, they cut to, or uh, they're watching MLS 360. They cut to the sporting game as the, the penalty is unfolding. And I guess they're talking in, in the studio and they're mentioning Tim Milia. He's got this great record against penalties. He's a really tough one. I think he, at this point he's saved, you know, only 26 of 42 penalties have been converted against him. So they're, they're gassing up Tim Milia and Caitlin Kyle, who I believe is married to Adrian Heath's son. Uh, she goes, yeah, but you haven't seen Sang Bin take penalty kicks. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> and, and then he does that. No, she's so. very biased. It's <laughs> ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know how you you have a lot of these uh, pundits on there that are clearly biased and they vocalize it. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, a really poor take. But hey, good for Tim for not moving at all. I mean, he just stands there, saves it. And that was the turning point of the game, I think. Because that you, goes from two one to two zero. Sporting's feeling good. I mean, yeah. If they would have, yeah, if they would have scored that, that would have been a pretty big uh, uh, momentum killer. Do you watch MLS three hundred and sixty sometimes? Uh, non sporting games. Yeah, I do. Just is it dumb? It's better than it was week one. Yeah, there's still too way too much talking head stuff. Like I don't care. I still want just red zone for soccer. You just want to see uh, the games, and they they want to just talk, talk, talk. And and they're interviewing people when, I, when in the last ten minutes of games, and I'm like, let let's. There's a, a tie game. Why are we having an interview with somebody that's not playing right now when we could mm-hmm. be watching a tie game in the 82nd minute? Interesting. So, I don't know. Uh, but the best thing about this game for me was okay. You're up two zero at halftime, the most dangerous lead in soccer, and they closed it out in the second half. They hold the clean sheet. Gotti Kinda comes in to get some minutes and rather than just sitting back and just letting it happen, they left no doubt. And in the 84th minute, Johnny Russell passes to Alan Polito, uh, who sends it. This is almost like a, this is going to be a little overdramatic. It's not quite the tiki taka style, but Polito finds Tommy who finds a, a cutting Johnny again, again, doing the sort of triangle passing play uh, that, that Barcelona has in Spain have kind of been known for. And then Johnny Russell has this perfect little layoff pass to Gotti Kinda, who then chips Dane St. Clair 3-0. Kinda's first goal of the year. They He and Polito are doing the LeBron James celebration at the Cauldron. And you know, Were you know, like, they, it, though? <laughs> they were doing it. Uh, go watch that again real fast. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't quite that. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're doing the little pump-down dance thing. and Okay, oh. yes. It's supposed to be all slow and powerful but they were like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> an attempt was made it looked weird and then what was that what was that goal celebration where they all huddled around and swung their penises around what was that about i didn't see that apparently. you didn't see that one on, no. on the second goal they were like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> just dancing dancing yeah. with their hips i was like that's some locker room shit right there <laughs> so three zero game set match and then LeBron, sport at Kansas City wins. Go watch the damn thing. I ain't no LeBron. I'll, I'll go watch it. Kinda was not offside. Kinda was not offside for, for Minnesota fans who were like, he's probably offside. No, he was held onside uh by uh, uh Zarek Valentin. So totally what is that? Good. He's he's doubling up. He's doing two pumps to one leg lift. It's <laughs> yeah. leg lift pump 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 pump. <laughs> yeah it's uh it was not an effort was made. As An I effort said. was made. It's NBA playoff season, but uh, they ain't watching. <laughs> no. So, but uh, 3 0, and that's the game. So, um, feeling good, feeling real good. Peter had some some good quotes. Um, Let's we temper this for right now, dude. Mm-hmm. We have two wins on the season. Minnesota has three. Mm-hmm. Yes, we just whooped their ass, and whooping anybody's ass in a game of soccer is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I can't read too much into this right now and expect us to whip every team's ass. Yeah, no, I'm very I mean, much pessimistic still. I'm very much hopeful, but like, not really. Yeah, hey, no, you're totally right, and I want to talk about that more. I want to talk about some of Peter Vermees' quotes after the game. I want to talk about the speech that he gave to the KC Cauldron after the game and the reaction to that, and uh, then we'll talk a little LAFC in St. Louis coming up. Uh, but we're going to take one more break, and we'll be right back to talk post game reactions. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. Entertain. 
Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right. We are back. Uh, Yeah. I mean, again, 3-0 Sporting Kansas City. Much, much different vibe in the postgame press conference. Much, much different vibe in the postgame locker room. Definitely a lot more excitement, a lot more joy. Uh, Peter Vermees had some some interesting uh, comments. Uh, he, he said in the postgame presser, there is a side of me that's vengeful. I want to show everybody that we are that good. I know there's been a lot of doubt. So he's heard what's been said before. And we have confirmation that he heard what was said in terms of the chants from the Casey Cauldron at the CF Montreal game where there were Vermes out chants and hey Vermes it's all your fault chants and he did address the Kansas City Cauldron after the game he and a player usually will go talk to the Cauldron after a win in uh what's is it still called the members club I don't even know the Budweiser Old Brew House or, whatever yeah, Budweiser Brew it's House. called now uh so clearly between the comment that I just read he, he's hearing things and then we have the video courtesy of the KC Cauldron on Twitter the audio, just, you, you might want to listen. It's a loud, open environment, so it, it's a little echoey. But we're going to play this video for you. It's about two minutes long. And then I want to talk about the comments that Peter said to the Cauldron. So we'll kick it to that video right now. Best part, I'm I'm coming in. Best part is when someone yelled something and Peter goes, what? And it it (laughs) sounded like, he's like, say something, say something. Yeah. He (laughs) thought, well, cause I mean, Hey, a lot of the people from the, a a non zero number of people in the cauldron last game were calling for his job. And the guy you can hear kind of in the background, again, the audio, it's a little tough to hear, but the guy yells, we love you Vermees. And his response is, hold on. Yeah, I love he's like, the- hold on, we'll get to that. <laughs> right. I think uh, if if Jordan could put in some audio from the the Wolf of Wall Street here of of Leo DiCaprio going, <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's kind of the energy he's giving off at a certain kind point. Of, that's kind yeah. of it. Uh, I feel it, that uh, it he's like would have I- been received better on SKC Twitter if Peter did just get up on the mic and just goes, I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah, I'm not fucking leaving. And then everybody absolutely. would have cheered uh, and just drops it at. He goes, you want to see more of this? Come yeah. to the next one. And we're like, we know how it works. We- so, well, okay. The, these comments are really interesting to me because I think a lot of people, th- there's been a reaction that I don't know that I would have predicted to these post-game comments because it actually rubbed a lot of people the wrong way or, or a it lot did? of people on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. Oh, um, still go on there? 
I, 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 I try to get a, I, look, I'm, I'm not cesspool of a site active on, you know, r slash sporting KC, but, but I'm trying to, that was where the initial Vermies out vibes kind of were birthed. Makes sense. It grew to, a what are they saying on 4chan? <laughs> but so I was like, I just kind of want to see. Um, but I also saw it on Twitter too. These comments, I think, rubbed some people the wrong way. And what's interesting is is the first half of his speech, I think people were good with. If you're not happy with me, I can accept that. But I, I appreciate from the bottom of my heart you supporting the team. Um, you can okay. be upset with me, but don't stop supporting the players. I think everybody's cool with that. And a lot of people were like, he should have just stopped there. So what it, else was bad? It was the next part that seemed to rub some people the wrong way. The part when he goes, in my time, I've, I've been a part of every trophy except for one. I've left my blood, sweat, and tears on the field and the goals, etc. We've won four championships, three in the stadium. People yeah. kind of, I think, and I would say rather cynically, interpreted his comments there as, how dare you question my job? Yes. I've done so much for you. You should be grateful to me. It was and, Jake Reed. Are you listening? But I don't I mean, actually think that's what Peter was doing. That's what it sounds like, though. I think what Peter was doing, and this is a less cynical interpretation, is he's clearly been listening. He saw the letter that the cauldron put out there. Probably. And one of the things that they specifically mentioned in the letter from the cauldron is we've seen no emotion from the coaching staff. Which that, if you remember when we talked, that was kind yeah. of one of the things that we were like, I don't know about that one. So he, he mentioned, you want emotion? How about blood, sweat, and tears? And so I, what I think he was trying to say isn't, how dare you question me? Look how successful I've been. What yeah. I think he's been, what, what I think he was trying to say, maybe he could have reworded it better, but was, I know the expectations of this club are not where we are now. I've won championships. I care about this club. I want to get us back to our winning ways as much as you do. Look at all the effort I've put in. And I know that we can get there with this team. We don't have a good team. We have a great team. So come back next week and let's do it again. That's how I interpreted it. But it's just been interesting to see that. I think it's almost like a case of confirmation bias. If you're already Vermies out, it's like, well, look at this jerk. He's saying that we should just be grateful because of all he's done. Or I was kind of more like what I think he was trying to communicate was, believe me. I care about this club. I don't want us to be here. I want you to trust me that we can get us there. But it wasn't a how dare you type thing. Well, Vermi's out sure is a little quieter these last couple of weeks, aren't they? I, I just uh, I want those yeah. people to stick to their damn guns. And if that's oh, truly there, how there you feel. Some. Oh, there I'm sure some. there's some. But I mean, like a lot of them just quiet down because they're like, oh, all right. You fed me, daddy. Thank you for feeding me some wins. Some of them, some of them did for sure. Others were still like, again on you know I'm, I'm trying to get a pulse check on, on the reddit and the, the culture and facebook and twitter or whatnot there's still a, a group of people they're like i'm still vermies out this doesn't change anything and and what is interesting to me is who asked them by the way did people say hey if your vermies out chime in please <laughs> there was literally on reddit somebody was like what would he have to do to get you back oh that was Lord. a question that was posed because the, there were some people that before the, the game even they were like three points doesn't matter i still want him fired and, and, and this is kind of what I was trying to mention last week after the Seattle game where people are like, we're still at negative 11 goal differential in last place or whatever. It's true. And that's not a great hole to dig yourself out of. But again, these are less than that now. Right. You cannot make up a nine point gap and 11 goal differential in yeah. a single game. You can if you get sustained wins and sustained good performances week in, week out. And we're, we're a minus eight now, bro goal differential two games a trend does not make but if you can go out there and you can get three points over these next two games against lafc in seattle or dare i say in a perfect well a perfect world obviously six points but if you can somehow get four points from these next two games oh buddy this is a whole different conversation but if you can let, let's be real what are you doing probably losing to lafc right midweek game dude but if you lose to LAFC and then can go beat St. Louis, you're still putting together a little run. If we do anything but lose to LAFC, <laughs> everything is fake. This is a, is a sham. I don't understand anything anymore. But like, dude, they're going to go fight. They're going to go fight. And they're jazzed, right? They're scoring goals. And they know LAFC is tough. Yeah. I just, 
Um, it is interesting because I think there are some people who, again, I understand the frustration. It doesn't seem like there's anything Peter can do to win them back. You know, he could win MLS Cup this year, and I think there would still be some people that would be like, thank you, get out. And then there are people that are, okay, again, two games doesn't wipe away the first 10 games, but it's a, it's a start. We've started to dig ourselves back up a little bit. You got to keep it going. Right now, Sporting Kansas City is three points out of a playoff spot. And yeah. we have 22 games left to make up three points. Now, obviously, the goal should not be get to ninth place and, and make the playoffs that yeah. way. Maybe they could dig themselves up more. But, you know, they're, you, you don't know what's going to happen. And so the last two MLS games have been positive developments for the team. I'd like to see it continue. All you got to do, I mean, dude, there's not much more you could improve on in that Minnesota game. It wasn't a perfect game, but it was pretty good. And what would have made it perfect if Tim didn't give up the penalty. Mm -hmm. But then the fact that he saved the penalty was like, holy shit, this game is outrageous. Mm -hmm. And then you had freaking Polito hitting the crossbar. You know, Polito was lasering in shots, by the way, trying to go for goal. If they keep that same intensity, that's a dangerous team. I don't yeah. care that it's against Minnesota, who's only who only has 12 points or whatever. We just beat Seattle, who's mm -hmm. number one in the conference. Mm -hmm. LEFC's number two, right? Or is uh, it vice versa? They, yes, number two. Although LAFC, the, on yeah. points per game, they're actually number one. Okay, whatever. So LEFC leads the, the, the conference. and But we just, I don't know, we went on the road and took care of business. I'm not saying this is possible, but ever, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I'm getting myself excited right now. I'm not <laughs> usually a man of optimism, but let's go. I that, yeah. This midweek game, I need this kind of energy because it's freaking 930, bro. Yeah. And right after Casey current game, it's an evening of soccer. Yes, it is. And so, I don't know. Like I said, two games doesn't erase everything. Two games doesn't fix everything. But the vibe in that locker room was fun. Music yeah. was playing. They Did you take your their... shirt off and whip it around? <laughs> they were back to their old antics of, you know, we're sitting there interviewing Daniel and, and the guys are throwing out fake interview questions behind us, pretending they're reporters and they're having a good time. And uh, Johnny's over there giving the interview and they're all doing fake Scottish accents and yelling at him. Like they were having a good time. And that's how the locker room felt when this team was good. And, you know, we, we straight up asked Johnny, we were like, last time this team was in here, uh, this was not the vibe you said you honestly didn't know what to do. And, and he was like, look, I was clearly upset. Yeah. I said some things I shouldn't have. I should have composed myself more, but this was a much different post game feeling. And I think it's good to have a little bit of success and joy and hope that they can build on that confidence. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost not fair to interview people after a game but like that's what people want they want those spicy bits the emotion mm -hmm. the fans want to hear the emotion mm -hmm. and you heard it with johnny two very different extremes right. and uh, i just hope this extreme continues but this is the time you go on a run this is the time you string together some wins or draws on the road mm -hmm. this is when you make that run and get into the playoffs maybe in extravagant fashion maybe not just squeezing into the playoffs but maybe solidifying a spot in the playoffs and shutting everybody up because it just took a minute to get things together. I know what you're thinking, Coos. Where who are you? What happened? <laughs> you know, why are you like this today? I don't know. I don't know, man. I just I it was just such an exciting game. You're just and feeling just, good. You're in your Savannah Bananas jersey. <laughs> Three nil, dude. Like that doesn't happen. Not this year. Yeah. And so it's just, I don't know. But also, it's Minnesota. I'm going. I'm all over the place. Right. Well, this is the confusing thing. This is how confusing it is to be a sporting Kansas City fan right now. And and I think this is the internal struggle that the fan base is dealing with, and why it led to some conflict in the cauldron against Minnesota or not Minnesota, Montreal, is because there are people who want to still believe, and then there are people who are done and are ready to move on. And then you go on this two game run, and and then some of those people who are done, some of them are still done, and they're and they're sticking to their positions, and then others are like, I don't know, this is kind of fun. Like I hope this can continue. Um, if we you gotta... score three goals in a game, you will win that game. Like I stand almost by almost certainly, almost certainly, you will win if you score three goals. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. The fact that we put two on Seattle and then three the next time at home, 
Mm-hmm. I'm freaking jazzed about this team right now. Right now. That right. doesn't mean it won't change, but right, right. now I'm excited. Right. We did uh, get a message from one of our longtime listeners, Kobe Roney. He sent this to us uh, late. Well, on Twitter it says Roney. Does it say Roney? R-O-N-E-Y. I feel a little dyslexic sometimes. That could be on me. Well, it's okay. Uh, he he messaged us, um, you know, on uh, on Sunday night, and he goes, "Hey, I meant to send this last week, but got busy." Uh, you guys asked how we're feeling about how things are going. I love that we're finally starting to turn it around. But the Vermis out chant has just been ringing in my head and has been bothering me more and more, especially after PB's speech. He's been here forever, played here, won cups here. He's in our fucking Hall of Fame, and just the disrespect with that chant irks me. It's totally fine to want a new head coach. I also think it might be time for a new head coach, but that chant at our home, man, that's low. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. See you. So uh, that's... I, I, you know, I think that's a reasonable position to, to say, Hey, I don't know if it's time, maybe it is time for a new coach, but, um, but, but I also, I, I still do understand the frustration of a lot of the cauldron members. I, and, and I think channeling that frustration into that letter was good. I still think it's wild that, um, they haven't formally responded in any way. That's weird, man. Yeah. I, I feel like was, was that Peter formally responding between that and the the Casey Star article that Sam McDowell wrote that had some interesting nuggets in it from from Illig, yeah. But it, basically, all it said is, "Yeah, we've talked about making a change. We're not afraid to make a change." But then it kind of went back to sort of the same talking points that Peter had. But we've been injured in this and that. Yeah. So, but it is disrespectful to just just chant that. I mean, this man has given decades of his life to this yeah. city, this team. He's been instrumental in a lot of things, and to just start. I don't know. I, it just it had to have started with just a small group of people, and other people are like, "Yeah, I feel that way. I guess let's do that." Sure. I'm a drunk. Mob mentality. It's grown in frustration, yeah. game over game. Now it was. I'm not gonna lie. If I came out of my office building and was like walking to my car, and there was just a mob of people that were like, "Fire Jimmy! Fire Jimmy! Fire yeah, Jimmy!" Bro. Like I wouldn't love it. No, it's not great. Hey, but... people want me off this podcast, but guess what? I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um so i and i know it's a different thing he's a a public figure head coach of a professional sports team but you know there's just a lot of emotion right now so i appreciate kobe your thoughts and and others who have sent us their thoughts and and please do continue to send us your thoughts email nootherpod at gmail.com you can tweet us at nootherpod at dan kuzer at jcmax03 dm us leave us that five-star rating and review let us know how how are you feeling after these two games of, of winning where where do things stand and if you are somebody who is still on the vermies out train what would earn your trust back i'd be curious to know we want to hear that perspective too so um heading into uh the st louis game i know we're running out of time here soon i do want to talk about that but i also did just want to congratulate um daniel shadowy and danny rosero were selected to team of the match day that's That's two weeks in a row we've had team of the match day people so we'll see um Midweek, we mentioned LAFC. They just shellacked RSL 3-0 on the road. So now we're going to, it's not called Bank of California, BMO Field, I think is what it's called now, um, in LA. So I don't think either of us are thinking we're going to win that game, sounds like. So probably lose against LAFC in in all likelihood. Buddy, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's what you got to expect, right? They're just so good. They might put on a clinic. uh, and. But I don't know. I don't know. We're fired up. It's a midweek game. All teams are tired in midweek games, right? We're we're. It's just we got to travel. Right. It'll be tough. And then we're going straight from L.A. to St. Louis. They're not coming back to Kansas City, I don't believe, because they're they're. I mean, even though it's a three hour trip, but I think they're just going to go there, train there, not make that drive or whatnot. Um, Now St. Louis is on a bit of a skid themselves. So this is an interesting time for us to have this initial game against St. Louis. They suddenly are are having problems winning the game. Turns out it's a lot harder to win when the opposing team's center backs don't just freely pass you the ball in their own box. Uh, That has stopped happening to St. Louis. They lost to the Chicago Fire, won the zero, and Chicago are not a good team. 
now St. Louis fans are even starting to question the front office already because this is how it goes with new yeah. MLS fans. They come in, they think they're the best thing to ever hit the league, and then they realize, oh, it's a little harder than I thought. Fire everybody 14 games into the year. Yeah. So it's like, guess what? Sliced bread is still better than you, St. Right. Louis. It's a tale as old as time. We did this with Atlanta. We did this with Austin. We're doing this with St. Louis. Uh, but this is the first game. This is a big one. The Heartland Derby. It's a big one. You're going down there. I'll be down there. I'm gonna be, not as press. I'm actually going to be there as a fan. Oh, um, coming out of coming out of the cave. Yeah, going with a fellow KCSN uh, guy, Christian, who uh, who's going to be there with me. So looking forward to that. Awesome. Uh, but, this is, you know, I, I mentioned I had a name for this because Heartland Derby is apparently what SKC wanted. SKC wanted. What do you St. got? St. Louis didn't dig it, but apparently SKC went forward with it anyway. St. Louis still wanted barbecue. Why wouldn't we? Co- I mean, if you want something organic, what's been the most organic argument about these two clubs that's already happened? Who's uh, the, the soccer highway? capital Soccer capital of, of America? Who is it? St. Louis, Kansas City. Call it the Capital Derby. Yeah. That would be better than Heartland Derby because then it's like, oh, this is actually an organic thing that's caused real friction between the fan base. I would be all yeah. in on the Capital Derby, or or even just the I seventy thing. Like why, you know, Royals and and St. Louis Cardinals had that going on. You know, yeah, they got the I seventy series, and that's probably why they stayed away from that. But like, honestly, there's some real dumb Derby names out there across MLS. But yeah, I Do would you like pref- El Trafico. Do you like that? I think that's kind of funny. Honestly, I think it is too. A lot of people hate it. I think El Trafico is kind of funny. Growing up in LA, it makes yeah. me laugh every time I think about it. You're like, why wouldn't no. it be El Trafico? Like it's, right. it's but like it sucks. <laughs> the hell is real Derby? I get it. There's a sign somewhere between Ohio and Cincinnati or Columbus and Cincinnati on a highway that says "Hell is real." But like, well, you know, but it means something to those fans, and that's the that's honestly what matters most. It doesn't matter if I think it's not. Yeah. Do do the the Cincinnati and Columbus fans do they resonate with it? And the Capital Derby, I think that could have been something that would have just like, yeah, there will be a constant argument over who's the real soccer capital, and that will go on indefinitely. But yeah, I mean, well, and Minnesota's got to be mad because they're they're losing their nicest rivalry. You know, uh, we got new yeah. rivals now. But I'll be down there. I'm excited. Um, I'm feeling pretty good going into this one. I'm nervous, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. Yeah, I I'm. I'm nervous as well. I mean, I'll be. Yeah, I'll be at Children's Mercy Park at 7, KC Current play that night, and then I think Mm -hmm. SKC plays at 8.30, so. Yeah, I mean, um, Klaus for St. Louis, he's been sidelined recently with um, an injury. I don't know if he'll be available or not. I haven't been able to see an update, and of course, we're not going to get the latest injury reports until Thursday, probably, but... I mean, if they don't have their their starting striker, that's a blow. And uh, depending on what happens against LAFC, Sporting KC are right now sort of in that stride. So I don't know. I I hesitate to say I think we're going to go into St. Louis and just straight up win because we haven't been there before. You never know how they're going to react. Uh, but I I'm excited. I think it sucks that we have a midweek game and they don't. That does suck. They'll they'll be looking to pounce on that, you know? Yeah. But I'm very excited. I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to be there as a fan. I'm going to drive down to St. Louis early in the day, you know, spend some time in the city. I might even go to, to Schlafly, where I know the St. Luligans are having a, a pregame get-together. And I, I shot them a message earlier. I was like, hey, if we come in peace, can we, can we swing by as SKC fans? And they said, come on down for a libation and say hi. So might go behind enemy lines a little bit and try to fraternize with the enemy. But they said cool. They said that's fine. Yeah, they said. Well, actually, I got invited to uh, um, to two. So the St. Louis. Well, I invited myself to the the St. Louisans. Who, who am I kidding? They didn't reach yeah. out to me. I was like, hey, can I come? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. They said it would it would be fine to come by and 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 say hi. But there was uh, another supporters group, um, STL Santos, who they were like, hey, we can't speak for the the Luligans, um, but you're always welcome to come party. Uh, with Santos at the Fiesta Football, all are welcome. Latin music, piñatas, and more. Beware of some mild banter in Spanish. Piñatas, piñatas, Spanish. Yeah. Oh man, you're so getting cursed out in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I won't understand any of it, but I will be there for it, and it'll be they'll, amazing. They'll fucking curse you out, and you'll just be like, "All right." 
<laughs> that was me, me and a pinata and a margarita. Oh my uh, God. Don't give this man a stick. <laughs> but I'm excited. I, I, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic about this game, but you never know. I I'm excited to finally have what feels like a true rival. Yeah. I, I hope it, I hope it's not a bloodbath. And if it is, I hope it's not our blood. That'd be great. <laughs> great. So you got anything else for our good listeners before we call it for this episode? Nah, dude. Wrap it up. Well, thank y'all so much. It's been great to be back here with another Victory Pod. Two Victory Pods in a row. Love to make it three next week, either beating LAFC, St. Louis, or both. <sighs> but but like I said, leave us that five-star rating and review. Shoot us that email, nootherpod at gmail.com. Or uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at nootherpod, at dancouser, at jcmac03. Uh, make sure you check us out, KCSN Soccer, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our YouTube page. You can see Dan's sweet Savannah Bananas jersey he's sporting. KCSN Soccer on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. We're not fucking leaving. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.